Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. that whole sandwich i did <laughs> i did i while we were getting set up i ate an entire italian foot long and <laughs> what's gross is that i was like if i just eat half my apostat will settle and i'll be full but then i was like but then i won't get to eat the other half right now so i better just power through it would you, would you just and say apostat yeah it's like the thing when you're eating like if your apostat settles then that's what tells you you're full. I've never heard that before. Apostat, the appetite control mechanism in the brain. I just remember my mom would used to say like, I need my apostat to settle. I think it's a real thing. And so it's the thing that tells you, that's why when you eat super fast, you can eat a lot because your brain hasn't caught up. And I didn't want it to catch up. I wanted to eat the whole sandwich. Have you ever received the Heimlich maneuver in your life? No, I'm a very, I, I, chew, I have a strong jaw. I chew very fast. <laughs> And uh, what's awful is that three quarters of the way through, I was like, oh no, pregnant women aren't supposed to eat deli meat. And I was like, well, I better finish this. You better, I, no point wasting it. Before the baby catches. I'll, I'll digest it so fast, but I did that. Um, obviously, we're talking about a deli sandwich. Uh, I'm not going to use this podcast to talk about what's happening in Israel. I will tell you it is devastating. And I will relieve you of a little bit of the guilt by letting you know that I do think it's fully impossible to have 100% empathy um, or really feel it as emotionally as someone who is ethnically, race-wise, religiously, whatever it is tied to the issue that's happening in a way that being white, you could never identify with how black people were feeling during George Floyd, Black Lives Matter, the way that you, if you're not Asian, can't identify with how random Asian hate crimes feel. So it's not that you can't sympathize or empathize, but if you're not Jewish, this doesn't strike a nerve the way that it does for being Jewish. And that's not your fault. That's okay. But it's shocking to me how hollow people's messages of support ring because everybody does have to go back to their lives. And I'm not like super Jew. So like people checking like, hey, how are you doing today? I'm like, it's not like my family was murdered. I'm not Israeli. This isn't about that, but it is this reminder that as a Jewish person, it's like, oh, that's right. Like people want you wiped off the map and most people blame you for their problems. And there's only like six of you in the world, but we're all pretty sure it's easy to hate you because you're seen as white. So therefore it's tolerated. So the only quote unquote good thing to come out of this is as Jews, we're finally able to say, this is enough is enough. And your low key simmering anti-Semitism like definitely goes noticed. Luckily, I live in a business where <laughs> it's a lot of Jews. So it's okay to stand up and be like, I don't love this. Uh, and you can take to my Instagram for any other info. But at a certain point, I do have to go back to living my life and posting about it. But it did floor me because this isn't just a bomb. This isn't just guns. This is... Hamas, a terrorist organization, not normal Arabs, not normal Palestinians or Christians, not just killing Jews. And of course, other people were killed too, but raping women in front of their friends and families, mutilating their bodies, 
people that are just regular everyday people and uh, super deliberate and barbaric, a type of barbaric behavior that we tend to not see on the news or in the Western world. And so it's hard to comprehend and it should floor you. And if it doesn't, you're not paying attention. So there's more to say, but this is a fun podcast. This is a place people come to talk about smaller things that bother us and to some extent, big things. So we want to keep up the tone of that, but I would be remiss if I didn't say something. These could be my last words because I might die from eating a deli meat sandwich, but it was tasty. And I love the soggy shredded lettuce on an Italian sub or any oh. sub. I love it. Yeah. That, that I feel like I can have an opinion on. It has to be shredded. Yeah, if it's not shredded, then it's gross. But if it's that shredded, wet, quasi-mustard drenched, I just... It was delicious. I don't like mortadella, but everything else was great. John Fu stood by, but she didn't get any. She didn't get the littlest bite? No, she can't have any of the deli meat. She did come into the gym today with a full plum in her mouth. And I was like, where did you get that plum? The answer is my daughter. So now we have to be on Plum Watch. Is she allowed to have a plum? Baby can have a plum. Dog can have a plum. Dog just can't have pit. No one can have a pit. No pits for anyone. No one gets a pit. This email is titled, Ratatouille Situation. Dear Eliza and Emily, I'm a nurse like many of your listeners and I've been waiting for the opportune time to send in an Ask Eliza. So here goes. My husband and I, mid to late 30s, live on a quiet, cute street where all the houses are pretty close to each other. We have two large dogs of our own and currently another foster dog in the house. We have a privacy fence around our entire yard, gate included. We are conscious about never letting them bark too much and making sure we keep up on their due. We've recently met two new neighbors. A young couple, best estimate, freshly graduated college, mid-20s, and their energetic doodle. They both seem to work from home most days. We're friendly, neighbor waves, small talk, but not having them over for dinner anytime soon, if you catch my drift. They've lived there for- I do. I do. Catch your do. They've lived there for a few months, and we noticed they got another doodle mix, also as energetic and barky as their first. The constant barking when the dogs are outside doesn't bother us as much as the fact- that their driveway is covered in dog shit. I mean, piles that are clearly visible behind the chain link fence gate. Their yard maintenance is also out of control. So my assumption is the dogs ran out of grass space to poop and decided to use the driveway. It's appalling and obviously smells. At the time I initially wrote this letter out, I had refrained from talking to said neighbor because it's awkward to tell another person to clean up after their own animals. And I thought it was just my own pregnancy hormones slash smell sensitivities getting the best of me. Plot twist. There is now a rat. Our dogs have been obsessed with the fence by their house the past couple of weeks. Their dog poop and yard maintenance is still an issue. They leave their trash cans in front of the chain link gate with no lids on them, all contributing to said rat problem. Help. How can I word this urgently without coming across rude? I do not like confrontation. We have lived in the house for over three years and never had this issue with the prior neighbor. I definitely want to get this issue under control before baby gets here. Emily. Is there, is this a health department thing? Like, is this something because like a rat infestation, you know, if you live in New York, it's no big deal. But like, is this something in their jurisdiction? If not, it's tough because you will always come off as like the uppity bitch. And like being in their 20s, this isn't like people in their 20s don't know any better. But like when you're younger, you don't have the same types of standards. You leave dishes in the sink. Like you just, you know, they probably don't realize it's that awful. A lot of people figure like, oh, it's my property. Who cares if the dogs go to the bathroom there? Uh, it might be worth you just saying something. And what you can say is like, hey guys, um, I've just noticed rats coming out of your trash cans and they drive my dogs crazy. But I was just wondering if there's anything we can do to address that. Because these people might be awful but they also might just be totally unaware or they might know that it's like kind of gross, but they didn't realize anyone else could notice what they do on their property is their own business unless it is starting to affect the health of your family, your property. So I would look up the health department and I would also mention that you've seen rats and just be like, is there anything we can do? Because it's not even so much the garbage, it's the dog crap that bothers you. 
And that's tough because people are very protective about how shitty they are to their pets. Well, it's hard because it's like, okay, when the turds are there, yes, it's affecting your nose, but it's on their own lawn. So it's like, I don't know how much authority you have there. But now the rats are encroaching on your area. So the rats are your way in. Rats affect everyone. That's what I'm saying. I just said all that. All right. You know what? You You were focused on the turds. You were focused on the turds. No, I'm focused on the rats. No. Oh, if only we had recorded all of this, which is what I started with. And you know what? You guys really start growing a hedge so you don't have to look at their shit pile of a house. Next question. (laughs) This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Here's a fun exercise. What would you do if you had an extra hour in your day? I bet you nobody would say, "Um, I'd spend it thinking about things I can't change. I'd spend it having crippling anxiety. No, you'd say like, I'd go for a run or I'd spend time with my hobby or I'd pet my dog's tongue. A lot of us spend our times wishing we had more time. And the question is, what do you want to make more time for? I bet the answer for a lot of people is your friends, your family, relaxing. Well, therapy can help you clear some space mentally so you can find out what matters to you so you can do more of it. Think about therapy like housekeeping for your brain. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You go to betterhelp.com. And you fill out a brief questionnaire and you can get matched with a licensed therapist. No more driving across town. No more stressing out. BetterHelp makes it easy for you to get the therapy that you would like. Learn how to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Eliza. There are a lot of people who speak Spanish in my life and they're teaching my daughter Spanish. And quite frankly, I want to keep up. Yes, I took Spanish in school, but I want my Spanish to get better. I don't want it to just be bueno. I want it to be muy bueno. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. Choose from one of 25 languages like Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, and Polish. Fast track your language acquisition with immersive lessons designed to teach you to pick up languages in a natural way. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. So you sound like a local, not an Android. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Rosetta Stone is convenient and can be used on desktop or as an app with audio companion and ability to download lessons offline. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. There was definitely a time where my closet was crammed to the gills with every skort, gaucho pant, crop top I'd worn for the last 20 years. And there comes a time in every adult woman's life where you realize you want less clothing at higher quality. And a great way to do that without breaking the bank is upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have a wardrobe of simplistic pared down items, but I like to keep it stocked with key luxury essentials that I know I'll wear time and time again, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50. I'm a big fan of their washable stretch silk palazzo pants. I don't have time to be caring for silk like I do my children, so it's nice that I can just wash it, and it's a versatile pair of pants that I can wear out for an evening or just out with friends. The best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Eliza. Hey, 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 gang. Long-time listener, first-time writer. I've debated writing in a few times, but Eliza's tried-and-true advice of just dump them has always paid off. Until now. (laughs) And now I'm lonely. I have no (laughs) friends, but it paid off. (laughs) I am also an elder millennial, and I truly appreciate Eliza's 90s throwbacks. The last two AIA shows had questions that were eerily close to my own, including issues around dating a friend's brother and friends not standing up for each other. I've had my own struggles in both departments, and I know you get a ton of friend drama questions, but I'm curious. Do you, Eliza, or Emily have any criteria or markers of a good friend? Are there any non-negotiables that make good friends best friends? I'm thinking things like being on time or sharing the bill. 
Thank you. P.S. Eliza, you should know that someone up in Canada is using a photo taken with you as his first pick on Tinder. I have screenshots. That's cute. I, I, I've, I've heard that before, and that's very cute. It's a great way to lure in smart women like, hey, here's what I like for comedy, or here's a girl that I met that looks like Eliza. Well, my best friend is just happens to be someone I've known my whole life. That being said, I called Michelle on her birthday. She didn't even call me back. But then again, I said, you don't have to. Uh, a good friend is someone, I, I don't mean to sound cheesy, but that you feel better or recharged after being with them. Um, that's how I would define a good friend. Someone who picks up where you leave off in a way. I like friends that are proactive. Like I have friends that kind of set the bar. Like my friend Rebecca is like, I'm going to come over and bring coffee. And I'm like, that's cool. Like that's now I feel I have to do that in a good way. Like I want to up the game. It's not a good friend. If every time you're with them, you feel like you have to listen to their bullshit or they bring you down. You know, if you don't feel good and recharged or at least neutral and mellow after having hung out with them, if they don't make your life easier, that's a good friend. They don't need to buy you anything, do anything. They just need to add, not subtract. So that's the loosest way I could define it. Because you need all different types of friends for all different kinds of things. And they need to agree with you on what things are annoying or at least think you're funny when you complain about them. I think there is something that it's it's hard to screen for, but you kind of only know it when it's happening, which is when you just are on the same wavelength in terms of when you're yep. talking and you just are totally, whether it's, it's not necessarily that you have the sense of same sense of humor, but you have the same sense of humor or you have the same reference points or you like the same movies or, you, you know, like th- that you have those touchstones and that you can have a conversation and know the other person's a hundred percent going to get it. Like even with you, Eliza, sometimes I have things that I think and I'm like, oh, I feel like Eliza will understand this because there are certain things that you and I share and I'll reach out to you about those things. But then like I have other friends that I would talk to about other things. And so you have those, those people also when you can just be quiet with someone or like go run errands with someone or do something where you don't have to be entertaining them and you feel not uncomfortable. The bulk, the bulk of my interactions with friends is I'm like, you can come to my house and then we're going to go to my show while I run around and you get free drinks. But (laughs) It's that. It's if you leave feeling good. Because I think a lot of times as girls, we, and this podcast exists because of this kind of thing, of this relationship, you leave feeling like bad or tired or like you had to tolerate them or anxious. Those are not good friends. A good friend just makes you feel safe or heard or seen. And yeah. you could commit a crime together and it's not that she, they would take the fall, but you know that they wouldn't turn on you. Or they would, but then they'd be really sorry about it. There are also red flags, though, where it's like a red flag, but I can get past it in the right situations. Like, I have friends I would never go to the movie theater with because I know they will not behave in a way that I like. Well, you're weird about that. Which is like utter silence, sitting on your hands, only opening your eyes for the female parts. (laughs) Right? What movie is this where where my eyes are closed? (laughs) Any movie with a male lead, you're like, I'll wait till the women speak. I'm watching wait Mission till Impossible. Kate Beckinsale speaks. Yeah. <laughs> Just eyes closed. Eyes wide closed. <laughs> so that's my answer. Get rid of the friends that make you feel weird. No. Oh, but she's nice. Okay, great. Then you can see her at a party. But like, it, it shouldn't be. I, I had a friend coming, same friend named Rebecca. I have a couple friends named Rebecca, but. The other day, she I just got a text from her. She's like, hey, the gate's open. And I just wrote back, because I'm a pretty prompt person. I just wrote back. I was like, I have to be honest, I completely did not write this down that I was seeing you today. And she was like, it is okay. Like, knowing I'm not lying and knowing that, like, I don't fuck up your schedule regularly. Like, friends that have, like, grace and compassion versus, like, um, okay. Right. Friends that would give you the same grace you'd give them. I'd be like, okay, if you didn't come to my house and you... It's not about taking it per- like we know each other well enough. We're not even we're not even like best friends, but just not to take it personally. Like it wasn't like and you weren't important, so I didn't write it down. Like she knew, she knows my heart, and she was like, "Wow, if you really forgot to write it down, then that's a real fuck up. It's not you just slighting me." So that's it. yeah. Now was she sending you gates open because you were late and she was prompting you? Could have been that, or could have just been I know you're coming at three fifteen. It's three o'clock. The gates open. I'm not coming out to get you. <laughs> And then I came over a little bit later and she made me a cup of coffee that was way too big. 
And I felt really bad. I couldn't drink it. Okay. Hi, Eliza. Chiming in from Chicago and still reeling from seeing you last year for my birthday on your book tour, where I got to be that drunk weirdo in the audience that they randomly picked to ask you a question. And I proceeded with, what's your five-year plan? WTF. Sorry about that. I was a bit nervous. Even more so when I met you in the book signing line. You are lightning in a bottle, lady. Oh, that's what I was saying. So. I feel like lightning lately. I feel like a heavy storm cloud leaking. I, you're feeling heavy because you just ate that whole sandwich. You're tired. Yeah, it's not the baby. It's the sandwich. It's yeah, for sure. It's not the baby. For sure. So here's a dilemma that I really need some advice on. I have a friend. Let's call her Meredith. We haven't been friends for very long. Started as a work friendship in 2019. I was a manager. She was an hourly employee. We are restaurant industry. We had tons in common at work, and then COVID happened. We got furloughed. She was in another country. She comes back in 2021. We become better friends, work at another restaurant together, both leave there and start different careers. She goes into logistics, and I go into sales and distribution for wine and spirits. Over the past year, we have been much more distant, mostly on my part because I'm busy with my job, and honestly, she's exhausting. She's the one that always has to be out and about, posting every little thing and place she is in real time. I've taken a pretty huge step back from social media, mostly because I don't give a flying fuck about it. And I've also cultivated a sanctuary of a home that I love to be in, but she constantly needs to document everything. Now, we're 38 and 39 years old, not in our 20s, where I remember needing to post every 2.5 seconds. I found in my more recent years that I need more private time and not posting every GD thing I do every second. Meredith is the opposite. Here's the kicker. After 4.5 years, my boyfriend proposed to me. Very low-key, very us, romantic, and personal. He surprised me with the ask and a placeholder ring from my favorite boutique in Brooklyn. Shout out to Catbird because he knew I would want to pick out my own ring and wanted to take me to custom design it, but still wanted the surprise of asking me and an adorable piece of jewelry. Cute, right? Well. Uh Uh-oh. I get through calling all the immediate family and close friends the next day slash week to tell them the news, which included Meredith. But I told him I was waiting on a social media post to make the official announcement until I get my ring. We're just telling close friends individually until then. Cut to my fiance goes out with one of his best friends, also used to work with Meredith and I, and goes to tell him the engagement news. He replies with, yeah, I knew that. Meredith told me. Apparently, Meredith has been out all over town spreading the good news like a gospel singer to anyone who will listen. In addition, I gave her a chance to fess up to it, pretending I didn't know she'd already blabbed, and she ignored the signs and was going to let us tell the news to people that already knew like a couple of dum-dums. So now here, this is exciting. We got screenshots of texts. I love reading other people's texts, to be honest. I do too. It always makes me like a little anxious. Like you get like a little (laughs) bit of diarrhea, but you're like, I shouldn't be looking at this, but I'm going to. All right, go ahead, read it. (laughs) Okay, so the friend says, are you going to blank and blank's goodbye party tomorrow? And our person says, yeah, we're going to finally tell them we're engaged. We haven't had a chance to see them since it happened. We're so excited to tell them the news. There's so many exclamation marks, by the way. Our our listener is laying it on so thick to bait this trap. Oh, my God. That's so funny. I am still waiting on my rings. We've been pretty mum about it and just telling people individually. I'm assuming you'll be there. Friend replies, oh, wow. I didn't know it was hush hush. I am so excited for you. Looking forward to catching up tomorrow. I plan on coming by after work. Our question asker says, well, yeah, it's our special news. So we definitely want to be the ones to give it to our dear friends. It's Um, only going to happen hopefully um, once in my life. LOL. Hold on. (laughs) All right. Now, now, let's just, what's the question? Because I don't think you're going to like my answer. Okay. So Uh basically, we're baiting this trap, right? Yeah. And this person's like, okay, You're being very passive aggressive. Okay. So... So, and also this person contextualizes another friend of theirs said that they knew not to tell because, quote, that's your news to tell, not mine. So it's assumed that someone would understand that's, that. So my <laughs> That's on their character. Okay. But your question is, do you say my anything question to is, this friend? Do, do I confront okay. her about it or let it go and just let the friendship die? I feel robbed of the fact that she got to announce my exciting news that I want to confront her about it. I've waited so long to find my person and say yes. And now all the fanfare feels like it's gone because of her. My fiance already dislikes her, has for years. Do I tell her I caught her in a lie and that before I was disappointed, but now I'm straight up pissed because she didn't admit it when I gave her the opportunity to say, hey, hold on. up and told them already. A couple things happening here. First of all, she didn't lie. You didn't catch her in a lie. 
you are like, we're not telling people. And then she says, oh, I didn't know it was hush, 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 which you didn't tell her that. Now, kudos to your other friend who's like, yeah, it's your news, but that's the way that person's built. Now, someone like Meredith, to an extent, a lot of people would be like, oh my God, you're getting married. That's great. Like you're sharing it because you're happy. It does take a little bit of your sunshine away in the moment, but it doesn't take away from how excited those friends are going to be to see you, to cheer like, oh my God, when they see you in person, to go to the wedding. I say this in my ads for Zola, but like there are so many moments that comprise a wedding. It's not just the I do. Like it really is telling people you just got engaged, telling people you just got married, showing them the ring. You haven't even had the ring yet. You can show them the ring. She didn't really rob you of anything other than the initial first bursts of telling people that. And she didn't know she couldn't. And I also doubt she told that many people. She did not lie to you. I think where our question asker is, because they say like, we're going to look like a couple of dum-dums because she's like, I'm so excited to tell blank and blank. And she's like, oh yeah, can't wait to see you tomorrow. And so she now feels like I'm going to go tell blank and blank and they already know. And I'm not. And, but and she this didn't girl, wait. That text was, we're going to tell them. And then she's like, oh, I didn't know it was hush, hush, hush. She may, in the moment she may have felt bad. I, I don't think she's necessarily lying. She's just kind of annoying. Hmm. That's also possible. But it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't take away from you getting to tell them and them getting to still react to you. Like they still want to be happy for you to you and you still get to see them in person and you get to tell them the cute cat bird story. You get to do all of these things. Your bigger issue is you already didn't like the girl. You've already exactly. grown apart. She's a relic from another life. And now she's doing this, which is bothering you. What can you say to her that's actually going to matter other than please stop telling people? Is there anyone left to tell? Aren't you going to see people? This will have already happened by the time we read this, but aren't you going to see people? I don't think you have so many friends, period, and so many friends that she's going to be able to touch to reach out to. If you you are within your rights when you see her to be like, oh, like I know that you told them, if you could just not tell anyone else because we want to tell them. And she'll be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I felt so bad. Like, you're building it up a little bit more than it needs to be. And I don't begrudge someone who likes to post where they are and what they're doing. I also want to tell tell you, I, I feel you. Like, I don't, there are like a lot of things that I don't post anymore. I don't feel the same way to be online. I mean, I'm online a lot, but I'm definitely not like, check it out. Like, we go to restaurants. I almost never post. It's just not my thing. Hmm. Having a presence online is your significant other sometimes. Mm-hmm. You had a boyfriend for, this is not about like one is better than the other. I'm just saying you have, you are naturally more introverted, which is fine. Great. You have a boyfriend. So you're not like baiting anyone out there, like posting sexy pics, hoping someone will like notice you because that is the bulk of social media. Uh, and for your job, you don't really need it. And you have a boyfriend and you have that person that takes up that time. And she, it doesn't sound like she does. So, don't begrudge her that, the tangibility of social media. Have It's like someone you can share your news with and post and get reactions. That's what it provides. Your bigger thing is that you guys just kind of don't fit anymore. So I guess it's like, what do you really want to get out of saying to her? You want her to apologize. She may or she may not. You do run the risk of her being like, I am so sorry and I'm so excited for your wedding. I can't wait to be there. Then you have to invite her. So I think you really have to decide... What is the outcome you want? Do you want to be friends with her if she apologizes? Like if she were sorry, would everything be okay? Like it's a little unclear to me like what you actually, what your objective is. Right. And what we feel her objective is because I think it could very easily be interpreted as she was really excited for you. And she was like, oh my God, did you hear? They're getting married. Oh, yay. Rather than like, I'm I could easily be her. Thunder. No, because I could see myself just sharing people's news. Like, isn't this great? Like, it's something to talk yeah. about. It's just another bit in in the news filter that I have because I'm I'm online 24-7. So, however, if you feel that she did it to steal your thunder and that was the motivation, then you should stop being friends with this person. But I don't mm-hmm. think you feel that. No, I don't think so. Kick, kick, It's no secret that fast fashion and the demand for fashion in general is helping to wreck our planet. 
while introducing Newly. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month, access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. And they have fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state of the art laundering facility, plus the option to buy what you love. I gifted Newly to a friend whose daughter works in an office where you have to be presentable and it's trendy. She gets to try out stuff. She always looks fresh at work. She always looks cute. And when she's done with it, which we usually are after wearing something for a while, she can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles, but right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code ELIZA20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code ELIZA20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code ELIZA20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Safe to say everybody loves bread, but everybody doesn't eat bread as often as they would like to because of bread guilt, right? Health concerns, carb fear mongering. I mean, if we could, we would eat toast sandwiches made of toast, nice layer of sandwich bread on the top, toast in the middle, wash it down with a nice glass of bread. Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. You should feel good when you eat bread. Hero Bread has zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and it's high in fiber, which is what you want. Hero Bread is delicious and flavorful, and it's soft and it's fluffy, so it puts you right back there, you know, years ago, eating your favorite sandwich before we were afraid of wheat. And they have something for everyone. They have sliced bread loaves, they have buns, they have tortillas. Don't give up on being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use code ELIZA at checkout. That's ELIZA at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Hurry and get 10% off your order when you use ELIZA at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Hi, Liza, Emily, and crew. Eliza, congratulations on your pending baby boy. <laughs> He's loading. I have a, a pending transaction. <laughs> I'm a four-month-old boy, and I'm so excited for you to join the Boy Mom Club and hear your hot take on it. I will say, I feel like comedy-wise, it's good for you to get both. It gives you more stuff to talk about. That's why I did it for the act. <laughs> See me in Reno this week. My well, not in Reno this week. It was just a joke. <laughs> My female female 27 situation, my best friend, female 28 since high school, is in what she thinks is an ethically non-monogamous relationship. She is dating slash living with a married couple, male, call him C, and female, call her J, who've been married for over 10 years or in their mid-30s. I'd be totally fine with the non-monogamous thing if they were not totally terrible people. My friend has always made poor choices in romantic partners ever since high school. She struggled with her mental health, self-worth, and confidence for as long as I've known her. She's always just wanted to be loved. Skip forward to about three years ago, she started a job working with kids and special needs. This was a great fit for her, and this is where she met Jay. Jay was her manager at this clinic, and they started to get close, but were not able to hang out outside of work due to clinic policy about superiors spending time with subordinates outside of work. But a year after my friend had been working at the clinic, Jay quit to go to another job. The night Jay quit, she came over to my friend's house where she was having a small bonfire with me and a few other friends. I automatically got bad vibes from Jay. I did give her a little bit of a break considering she just quit her job, but was still uncomfortable, so I left. Apparently, after I left, my friend and Jay trauma dumped to each other, and this is where my friend learned that Jay and C had an open marriage. After that night, my friend and Jay got closer and closer. I hung out with Jay and my friend a few times, and I noticed how toxic Jay was, talking over me and my friend, one-upping me, being condescending and controlling. I told my friend I didn't like how Jay talked to and about my friend, and she told me Jay was just nervous hanging out with me since she knows how protective I am of my best friend. Mm. Fast forward a month, and my friend comes out to me as a lesbian and non-monogamous and says her and Jay have started dating. Expressed my concerns about how fast this was and how she was jumping into it really quickly after sure accepting she loved who she that. is. <laughs> right. She did not share my concerns. A few weeks after they started dating, my friend moved out of her parents' house into J and C's house. Again, expressed my concern. She said she needed to get out of her parents' house. About a month after she moved in with J and C, she told me she is dating both of them. 
asked if she was even attracted to Cease and she had told me she was a lesbian. And she said, well, Jay said I only dated assholes, so I don't know what it's like to be with a good man. So I'm giving C a chance. Ugh. Ugh. Soon after, all three of them started dating. My friend starts talking about them all getting married. <laughs> Turns out Jay and C have been trying to have a baby and have struggled for years so she might carry their baby and all three of them raise the baby together. That's when it hits nope, me. You will be cut out the second you have the baby. They are using her to be their surrogate. After this, my friend begs me to hang out with all three of them to see their truly happy thruple. We hung out a few times and it was terrible. (laughs) See, even hit on me several (laughs) times when he knows I am in a happy monogamous marriage. I had a very serious talk with my friend, told her I love her, but I have no interest in having Jay and C in my life. She was sad, but understood. We stayed friends, but stopped talking as much. In October, 2022, I found out I'm pregnant with my first baby. I thought I would have my best friend by my side, but given how toxic her life had become, I kept the pattern of little interaction. We sent out Christmas cards announcing the pregnancy, and I got a text from her saying how excited she is to be an auntie and how excited Jay and C are to be aunt and uncle. I decided to reiterate to her that Jay and C are not welcome in my life. She did come to my baby shower and met the baby once, but we've barely spoken. The last time I saw her, she said she's stepping back from school to focus on her wedding to J&C and alluded to me being maid of honor and my son being a ring bearer. I told her I think she should finish school before getting married. She brushed me off. This is not a legally binding wedding. J&C are still married and plan on staying married. It would be a symbolic ceremony. She said she wants a big wedding with all the extras that come with it, a bridal shower, bachelorette party, etc. I've decided I cannot support her in this. I'm not going to be in the wedding, let alone spend my money on a, quote, marriage to two people who are terrible. How do I tell her I won't be in the wedding? Do I wait until she asks? Do I do it preemptively? If she does not ask me but invites me and I decline, do I have to send a gift? Also, her family is not cool with this. They don't like J&C. Me and her mom both have tried talking to her and she's not changing her mind. I would love your hottest date. This is not a knock against polyamory. Like you're dating around, you want to have a boyfriend and a girlfriend. I'm super pro any woman out there having two boyfriends. You just never see it for some reason. Yeah. Um, and it's it's weird because I'm reticent to vilify a couple that wants to have a baby because that does feel like a Hallmark movie of the week. Like they used her uterus and you will have no legal claim to that baby, especially if it's Jay's egg and his sperm. Like, you don't have any legal claim to anything. You are not married. I don't even think common law law extends to this. Like, you're just there. So that's great that it's symbolic. And their intentions may not be nefarious. Like, they may be this warped and they're like, you'll be our third. I have met people that live in throuples like this. But it's more about the way that Jay is and the fact that your friend doesn't have her own personality. And the yeah. fact that this woman comes along, she's like, let's do a threesome. Also, you need to go with this guy. It's fucking weird. I don't know that you need to preemptively say anything because chances are they're not actually going to end up getting married, fake married. I bet you it doesn't get that far. But when she asks you, you simply say, I love you. I've always, I love you. I do not love them. And I don't want to be a part of this. That's it. No, you don't have to send a fucking gift. You don't want to be a part of it. You don't condone it. You don't support it. You don't believe in it. It's not real. And it's okay because they'll they'll break up with her and your friend will go at the next loser. You cannot te- you can't save her. She's not listening. You've tried. The family has tried. This is what she wants. Great. You she has the right to do that. And you have the right to not be part of it. You don't have to blindly support it. I Yeah, I think it will work out because I think if our worst fears are confirmed, you're right, that they're using her, that they're that they're just a couple that wants a baby or that wants, like, they sound very controlling. They're not going to give her a big wedding. It doesn't benefit them to give her a big wedding. She's not getting that. They're not going to pay for it. They're not, not getting anything. It's not happening. The wedding, none of this happened because there will be no wedding. Yeah. And chances are... She's like, I want a big wedding. And then Jay will say no. And she'll be like, I guess I want a small wedding. Like your friend has no personality. She's lost. It's gone. You've tried. And she does the thing that women do where you ignore your friends because you're positive this is right. And these people are creeping you out for a reason because they're creepy. Yeah. She's just their plaything. And and your friend will listen. So you can just exit. Yeah. I, and again, I think it's, it's not that they're ethically non-monogamous. It's that... 
your friend is like, you know what? I think I'm a lesbian. And Jay is like, well, but you haven't slept with my husband. You're going to sleep with him and it'll be fine. And she's like, oh, okay. It's just, it's all very controlling and gross. It's gross. only one of them, it would be gross and you wouldn't support this. Yeah, it's fucking weird. Hi, Eliza, Emily, and fam. Thank you so much for all the real advice you give. I'm excited to hear how you think I should deal with my latest conundrum. I'm a 32-year-old woman married to a man and new mom to a pretty amazing little guy. Prior to having a baby, I taught high school science in public schools for five years. I loved teaching, and honestly, I was really good at it too. It took a lot not to add a qualifier there. You're welcome. Love it. It was and still is my dream job, and I never imagined myself leaving. I started teaching a new school in 2021. It was a really bad fit for me. I'll spare the details, but my philosophy toward teaching is that every kid deserves the best to be challenged and held to a high academic standard, and this school didn't have the same ideologies. It was really harming my mental health, so I left and accepted the first job I got to get out. Since then, I've been incredibly conflicted about what my career looks like for the future. My current role, I make a decent salary and have an excellent work-life balance, but I don't care about my job at all. I'm not challenged to be better or grow. I'm not fulfilled, and I'm not in a field I'm passionate about. The idea of going back to the classroom, though, would mean cutting my salary in half and putting myself in a not-great spot as far as work-life balance goes. I know I'd be signing up for working at home on nights and weekends and being emotionally tied to my work in a way that takes up brain space 24-7, but I would also be setting a great example for my son for working to strengthen a community, following your passions, and working hard. I'm worried about the example I'm setting for my son by leaving the work I care about for the work that pays. I equally worry about the idea of leaving the work that pays and potentially putting us in an unfortunate situation we don't need to be in. I know I could volunteer or try to find a job that more aligns with my values, but all this seems to force me into a tricky time slash money slash values sacrifice, and it makes me worry about the impact on my family. As a mom yourself, what sacrifices do you think are best to make for my own peace of mind and my family? Thanks for your thoughts and for your support of teachers. We'd love to see you in Portland, Maine soon. Much love, Evan. Well, I'm really sad that you can't be a teacher, like that it's so difficult. I'm really sad they don't pay teachers enough. I'm sad that it requires so much mental energy. Like I'm sad that we don't make it easier on teachers. Okay, so that, that being said, you being a teacher, you know, is angel's work but there are other ways to set examples for your son. My mother set brilliant examples and I never once thought about her job and the way that, the job that she had as detracting or adding to. What was important was that my mother worked and that's okay if you don't work and you are a stay-at-home, I'm sorry, if you don't work a traditional job and you're a stay-at-home mom, that's the most impossible job. But I'm saying, I look back and I see that my mom worked and I'm sure that planted a seed in my head that I'm like, I need to always work. And I never was like, but you don't do philanthropy. You work in incentive marketing. Like it's, it's not about the actual job. Your kid doesn't actually care what you do. You do though. You love being a teacher, but you also were a teacher when you were a different person. When you didn't have a kid, you didn't have the same bills, you didn't have a hormonal change. So it may not, be possible for you in the city you live in, in the, with the job offers you have, to go back to the way that it was. And only you can answer which one's worth it. Knowing your child will despise you and look up to you the same either way. <clears throat> Are some jobs more socially validating than others? Yes. Would your child respect you if you were like a peace worker versus like an oil executive? Maybe. And again, depends on what you could buy them. So I can't answer that for you because I don't know what your life looks like. I don't know what that pay cut really looks like, how it really impacts you. But something that we really undervalue in the society is women's mental health. However, the, the teaching jobs you were getting weren't good for your mental health. And what you don't want to do is accept a job that pays less and it's just not as perfect as it once was. You could probably never go back to the way it was because you're not the same person that you were. So I think you just need to take a good hard look at what you're willing to sacrifice and what would make you the happiest. And there's also a version where you're looking back at it with rose-tinted glasses and the things that you wanted then may not be the things you want now. Like I remember loving swimming in high school, but if I really think about it, I was always like, how do I get out of practice? But I look back, I'm like, oh, I was so good at it. I love doing it. 
And I do. And I still love the smell of chlorine, but like, I don't want to join a swim team now. So give it some real thought about what you're willing to do and what you, if you're just worried about setting an example for your son, it doesn't really matter the job. I think it's more important lessons at home. If you do things to volunteer and things that you teach your kid, you don't have to like literally lead by example by being a teacher. There's other good ways to do things like providing time for him and being there for him. So don't beat yourself up about that. Yeah. How much of this is just you putting that? I mean, it's all you just putting that on your son. You feel guilt about not doing this thing that that helps people. Take take your son out of it. Is there after school things you can volunteer for? Can you do weekend school? Can you do reading to kids? Can you, is there other ways to do it? I get that being a teacher is like super hands-on. Maybe there's another way to do it so that it fits in you. Because if you're already going to get paid less, may as well do it so it works for you. Right. Maybe it's when he gets a little older and you can kind of mess with your work-life balance more. You go back to a school. Like, that's always there. Yes. People will always need teachers. Yeah. I mean, probably not at the rate this country's going. We probably will just have, like, robots, like, armed robots uh, teaching the Bible. <laughs> but, yeah, maybe when your kid's older and there there isn't as much one-on-one time. That way, when he's at school, you could be at school. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you just sub or you do half days at a special school. I don't know. But don't beat yourself up about that. You got to dig deep. Hello, AI crew. I love you all so much. I am a religious listener of the podcast and all things Eliza. So I'm writing in because my current job drives me insane. I work at a mental health startup company that serves high needs clients. My first red flag for this job is I interviewed for just a research-based position, interviewed with all three main leaders of the company, got ghosted for two weeks, and then had to re-interview because my now boss decided it would be a half research and half IT position, a statement he later gaslit me about despite verbatim saying it. Without having any other job prospects, I took it and I've regretted it ever since. A year later, and I'm still here, and I just don't know what to do anymore. I recently got a text from someone who thought, who I thought was a work friend saying she was mad at me because she got stuck doing things she thought I should be doing. The problem is I was never told I would be doing any of this. Specifically, I'm never given any direction or supervision from anyone about what I should be doing. If I do, it's vague. At the last second, most recently, I had to spend an hour of my time badgering my boss to understand what his expectations were because he never told me what he wanted. I feel hurt because I thought this was a good work friend because she told me all the gossip, but said her mental health was affected when I would vent about the people who annoy me at work. Okay. She has done this in the past, which was literally how we bonded. And in these messages did the same thing. Literally said, and I quote, also, it makes you feel better. X is also annoying me a ton and she panics over everything. I know she's taking tons of hormones right now too, though, because she's trying to have a baby. So I think she's all over the place. Oh God. All right. Well. She shared that my boss and one other person, said hormone lady described above, have talked about my, quote, performance and not being happy with some of my work, never with specific examples, and never in an instance where I was given any form of decent communication, let alone good communication, but nothing has ever been said to me directly or objectively. I'm a people pleaser, and I've always found a lot of pride and sense of achievement in my work. So this whole situation has driven me insane. I could provide even more examples 100 times over about how chaotic this company is, slapping a client with multi-thousand dollar bill out of nowhere that was more than a spell Kia. I just want an objective person like my queen, Eliza's advice. What the hell do I do with this chaotic company with love and appreciation? Vince. First of all, you're exactly right. Your friend is venting to you about the same thing that she says that you vent to her too much about. This is not really your friend. Second of all, I would take it with a grain of salt that your hormonal, ugh, that really bothers me that like this woman's being vilified for trying to have a baby. Uh, whatever, coworker is saying something about your performance. I don't know that I necessarily trust this friend who's already frustrated with you, but this all stems from your boss. Everything starts with number one. And in this case, number one is your boss. When you're on a movie set, if the, if the star of the movie is a piece of shit, everyone else is going to be shitty. It all trickles down. So you need to get right with your boss and you need to decide how much of this you're going to put up with. Because from the beginning, he's let you know who he is or she. This boss has let you know you're up a creek without a paddle. I got nothing for you. It's wishy-washy. Hey, this is a hybrid half job, weird thing. And you took it anyway. So you have allowed this from the beginning. So it is partially your fault. So you have a choice. 
you can either go in, forget being a people pleaser, okay? Go in there and be like, these work, this is not working for me. I need to have a clearly defined role and I need it in writing. Or you need to leave this job because this is way too much toxicity for such a small company. And this girl, it might be valid. I mean, Emily, I know you work at a real job and you know something about this, but this girl's probably like, hey, I don't want to be doing your job either. And you're like, I didn't even know you were doing my job. So this all has to do with your boss who needs to be a leader. This company, based on everything you've said, there is not, this is, you going to HR isn't going to do any good. Nothing's going to do any good. Find another job. Keep working there. Don't just quit. Work there until they fire you because they make something up about you not doing something. This is not a good fit for you. You do not like this chaos. Look for another job. You're not changing these people. This environment is toxic. That's it. That's it. Leave your job. We rarely are like, just leave. You're not going to get it from this boss. Or he'll be like, okay, I'll give it to you within a month. Push it back. Leave this job. Yeah. It sounds like a very normal job. You can get another one. Leave this job. You cannot set a foundation that people are allowed to treat you a certain way and then be shocked that they're treating you that way. You have taught them how to treat you and they are. Yeah. Please leave. (laughs) Hi, Eliza and Emily. Huge fan of the pod. It's not a super original question. I feel you get a lot of questions like this, but here it goes. There's only so many questions on the earth. (laughs) I matched with this guy on Bumble about a month ago, and we really hit it off. He's sweet, has a good grasp on grammar, and we had a lot in common. We were talking for just under two (laughs) weeks, so not a serious amount of time, and he said that he was going to Alaska for work. He does archaeological stuff for two weeks, and then to Europe for a week on vacation right after, and then he wanted to pick it up when he came back. I said that sounded great and wished him luck and to have fun. We weren't talking very long, hadn't met, so I kept my options open by continuing to go on apps and kept talking to other people. About two weeks later, I saw him on Hinge, and one of his answers made me laugh out loud, so I decided to hit like, but didn't want to seem obsessive. I just really liked the answer, and I could hear— Why couldn't he talk to you on an app or text from work? Pick this up. Like, do you like this girl? Maybe there's bad— service in Alaska and Europe, but no, they have phones. Sarah Palin has a phone. We got phones. I just really like the answer. I could hear your voice in my head saying, quote, the right guy won't think it's weird. So I hit like and carried on. He answered a bit later saying, hey, I'm still in Europe, but I'll see you when I get back. Smiley face. I said, sounds good. I know your way. I just like the answer. We exchanged a couple more messages and then that was the end. Now it's been a week since he's been back. I noticed that his location is updated back to our city and he hasn't messaged. I know when I get back from being away, I need a couple days to get back into routines and work and stuff, but I just wonder if I should continue to wait for him to message or should I wait another couple days to message him? And if so, what do I say? Talk to a couple other guys on the apps and I keep scrolling, but every time I go onto an app and see our convo sitting there, I can't help but think about it and would love to hear your thoughts and what you would do. Congratulations on your baby boy. Best wishes for all of you, Helen. Helen, do not message him. This guy is either not into you putting you on the back burner while he talks to someone else, which he already did from the beginning. He's like, hey, I'll let you know when I'm back doing something fun for me. Men are great at this. And I actually respect it. They're like, I'm going to go do what makes me happy. And women are like, me too, but I'll be updating everyone Mm -hmm. and thinking about my solitary spiritual time. But I hope you see this picture of me in a bikini and like, think of me. Okay. I wrote about this in... I think girl logic and all things aside, where guys are like headed to the mountains for a weekend, didn't tell anyone because I didn't care. And women are like, okay, but I'll be checking my phone. Okay, I'm I'm just, I'm, it's for me, but really hoping you notice it. Do not message him because he either isn't into you, put you on the back burner, or is so fucking oblivious that you need to remind him you exist. And then he's gonna be like, oh, hey, is that the kind of guy you want to be with? I have ended relationships because people are bad at texting and I'm not even a crazy texter. It just comes down to social etiquette. The guy's not into you. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe maybe work came up. Maybe he did need a couple days to decompress. Maybe he's ending something. It's You don't have to monitor it or put a clock on it. He might message you in a week and be like, hey, I'm fully back. I was sick. What's up? Or it could have been that he was closing off with someone, that he was ending it with someone else. But what is not required is you engaging with him. I don't know if it's the kind of app where you could erase the conversation so you don't have to see it or if that erases everything. But like, do not make this any easier for this guy. He sounds fucking oblivious. 
Yeah. I know you want it to be like, yeah, if you like him, go for it. But you already did. You already found him on another app by accident. And we're like, hey. And he didn't even take that chance to be like, hey, what's up? And how are you? And I'd love to keep talking. This guy was on such a selfish vacation that he didn't want to be bothered with talking to you. And that doesn't have to come from a negative place. Like you just didn't, you didn't need to. So he didn't. And he knows you're interested. He hasn't forgotten. So leave it open. If he texts you in a week, does, I mean, it sounds like you'll be okay with whatever his excuse is. And he doesn't even need an excuse because he doesn't owe you anything. But you owe it to yourself to not reach out to this person. Ever. Yeah. We have a very exciting write-in. Finally, my dreams are coming true. An HR manager has written it. <laughs> oh, you're kindred spirit. Let's do it. I am writing in response to the creepy coworker at the college who was talking about the previous student slash current employee's sex life. Dealing with sexual harassment is the bane of my existence, but also fuels my hate fires and keeps them burning, so I felt compelled to send you an email. (laughs) This is classic sexual harassment, but it's not the sexual harassment that's talked about frequently. It's often been touted as, quote, locker room chat, but it is still sexual harassment. Creates an uncomfortable, hostile work environment and could escalate if not addressed. She absolutely should report it to HR. She needs to have documentation of the allegations. Get that shit on record because trash people need to go in the garbage or they at least need to have a little note in their personnel file indicating that they are, in fact, trash. Also, if you have a good HR representative, they will investigate and talk with him. Sometimes a nice talk with HR is just enough to scare someone straight. If he did do something like that, they will need to do some sort of corrective action. Thanks for listening to my unreasonably long-winded response. I love your show. You make my day. I saw you at the Ryman Auditorium last summer in 2022, and I'm not sure I've ever laughed that hard in public. Thanks for being you. And retaliatory is absolutely a word. Okay, love you. Bye. Whoa! Sir. HR, HR. Uh, to answer, you definitely have not laughed that hard in public. You're welcome. Uh, I appreciate that. I do think we echoed some of that. We were like, we need to get HR involved. Yeah. But what I respect about what you're saying is you're like, And I think maybe I suffer from, just as women, we're just like, you know, you don't want to make it weird. You're right. No, you are at work. You said something fucking weird to this girl and now you got to pay. We spend way too much time as women being like, well, it was just the one thing. I don't want to make waves. And we are this way because we're afraid that no one will have our back. And then you're the girl that's made a mountain out of a molehill. But fuck it, you're right. Because what he did is unequivocally wrong and fucking creepy and he's done it and he's, repeated it. So you're right. You should get the person saying you're right about a girl who wrote in. You should get HR involved because it is sexual harassment and you're right. Yeah. It's not like he made like a weird joke. Like you're absolutely right. Which I do yeah. think we also said, but still, I, I agree with we you. Did, and right? I like, like how firm you are about it. Right. Then HR is very black and saying, white. Bring that up. Make that like that. Don't just slide, let it slide off. Yeah. Right. Because there'll, there'll always be gaslighting. I just read Lessons in Chemistry which they're making into an Apple TV show, which comes out very soon. I didn't love the book, but it does deal with a woman in a man's field and who is like in, is a chemist in the fifties or sixties. And just the amount of not only sexual harassment, I think she was like, I don't want to spoil the book for you, sexual assault and beyond, but sexual harassment and just the endless bullshit. And like, there was no one to talk to. And just the amount that women consistently have to put up with. Cause like, you don't want to make it weird. I mean, there are men in my life where I'm just like, I don't want to say anything because then it's like you're wrecking someone's life over what, but it's not about wrecking his life. And it's like, if then if you can't do the time, don't do the crime. And he, by the way, is sexually harassing you because he does want to fuck you. And this is what creep men do is they like make up a weird version. No man is spreading a rumor that he knows people who had sex with an ugly girl because they don't care. So uh-huh. he's hoping... He's hoping he'll sex them. Anyways, agreed. Okay, now you can do your thing. Cobb the cob. It's the top of the cob. We're doing it right. Every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. I'm going to do my bottom first. Okay. My bottom of the cob is this. Keep it super light. Because I already said the wet lettuce things. So that can't be my top. I went to a small market, like a little independent market on the way home. It was with two friends after a show to buy something. And I get to the register And the kid working behind the register, I say kid, he's definitely in his 20s, was clipping his fingernails. (gasps) No. 
And it wasn't like one. It was like as if you were taking an acting class and they were like, well, you need a business to be doing while you talk. <laughs> Clipping them up high, like up uh, here by his face. Like, and it was- Clinging them. This store is already dirty, but I stopped there out of necessity. Hoping he would stop when he spoke to me. I said, hey, do you guys have almond Snickers? Because I was going to get one for Noah. Oh, what? Like, I'm speaking Martian. I go, almond Snickers? No, I've never heard of that. I'm like, we could fill a fucking ocean. And I put my stuff down and I go, are we good? And he goes, yeah, I'm ready when you're ready. And I go, I'm ready, man. And he goes, oh, I was just giving you a minute to collect yourself. I'm like, I'm good. And I almost said, this is fucking disgusting. The owner was there, I almost, who's also a weirdo. I almost went something. But like that is probably illegal health department-wise. Well, is this but, the like, place to where see there is this- an open case of open food near where these fingers would be? No, it was behind the register, but like still... It was so gross and you automatically feel defensive. Like I'm not being some like rude woman, like just ring up my shit. He's like, I'm ready when you're ready. And I said to him, I go, don't you have to ring these things up? He's like, I was just giving you guys a minute. I'm like, to wrap my mind around that you don't have almond Snickers. Like you could tell that he felt insecure that he was wrong and he like tried to be cool and like was trying to be show that he didn't care about this job by like clipping his nails. It was repugnant. And so that's my bottom of the cob was this fucking loser at a place that's already filled with losers that I have to go to because of geographical desirability clipping his fucking fingernails. Ugh. You know I'll, I'll, I'm going to do, I'm going to change my bottom of the cob to someone I was mad at behind a counter. I went to a little post office, a little baby post office because it was open later on Saturday than other ones. And I had big boxes. Yeah. I was mailing big stacks of comic books to my friend. And this lady behind the counter is like, We're a little post office. You can't have all those boxes here. And I was like, excuse me? And she's like, we don't have room. We're going to stay open. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, they're not all going to fit on the truck. You can't do that here. I'm going to let you do it this one time, but I don't know if they're even all going to fit. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't have to. I can just go. And she's like, no, fine. And she starts scanning them and she puts them all in a precarious stack on a garbage can. She's like, I hope these don't fall. Then I'm going to have to pick up the garbage. And I was like, well, it's my, it's my boxes. I guess I'll have to pick up the garbage. And she goes, you can't come back here. And I have a bad back. Okay. And I'm like, why are you so Wait, mad? This woman's obviously... She's just horrible. She's not. She's mentally unstable. No, she's mentally unstable. Also, it's like, I'm sorry, do you want to stay open? You sound like an independently owned mailbox, et cetera. I can go somewhere else. It was a USPS. I'm not allowed to bring mail here. You are. You are. And also, like, figure it out, lady, because legally, I've paid for this. You have to take it. Also, if you can't take it, don't be like just this once. Like, you don't get to bend the rules. Take my shit or don't. Like, you're right. not doing me a favor. I offered to I leave. I would have left. I should have left, but instead I would have just done it been like, if you can't do it. And she's like, I guess other people really will get annoying. to mail stuff today because it's not going to fit. And I was like, okay, bye. Okay, our fan bot. That's unhinged. I, know. I guess we will just make less money today because I'm worried about boxes breathing. That's insane. Yeah. Just write her off. There's nothing wrong with her. Fan bottom, bottom of the cob. It's very, very specific, which I love. A disorganized gas station, cars facing every direction at every pump, people oh. parked at the pump for minutes on end while inside, folks just generally being inconsiderate drivers. And why do you always encounter the most chaotic gas station scenario when in a rush? Um, I I don't know if like legally you have to park a certain way, but cars facing different ways is definitely, <laughs> you're like, this is going to become like a Tetris puzzle of like who has the right of way. Yeah, that is stressful. Yeah. And it's always, they're always all packed. I We didn't pull up to one gas station in New Zealand that wasn't just jam-packed. And you're like, what is, why is everything packed? There was actually an article, I don't know if it was a Wall Street Journal article, but I saw it in my feed about how airport lines are just crazy. And they're like, it's not just you, it's everything. It's all from COVID. Everyone's just, at, when's the last time you were on a plane that was like, we have plenty of overhead space because it's not a full flight. No, they're like, good luck. I hope you fight. Shouldn't have come, yeah. I hope we can catch this on a cell phone. Top of the cob, uh, one of the things I was buying at that gross store was I was trying to get frozen yogurt and I guess the frozen yogurt craze in LA is over because there's very, there's not a ton of them. 
Uh, so I was like, fine, I'll get ice cream. Ben and Jerry's makes a black and white cookie ice cream. Ooh, what's the verdict? It's, it was tasty. Uh, it's not, I'd rather just eat the white part of a black and white cookie, but it's, uh, in terms of Jewish flavors, it's up there and it was delicious. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, that was my time for the call. What's your time for the call? My time for the call is I got to go to the vet today. Yes, we have worms. Maybe <sighs> we got dewormed, but I got to see the vet and she... All three of you? All three of us. All three of us have worms as a family. (laughs) And the vet was like, oh, they're growing up. They're looking so good. They're very healthy other than these worms. And it just felt very good. I loved it. They had said, they were like, you don't need to bring them in. You can just like take the pill home and deworm them. And I was like, no, no, no. We need to come in. We need someone to look at us. (laughs) And they were very nice to me. Emily. You got to fix this language. You're like, I. You sure there's nothing else wrong? Nothing you could bill me for? I could come back. Oh, for I paid three hundred dollars. Three hundred dollars for this, but I did also. I was like, oh, yeah, because they billed you extra for the psychological consultation. <laughs> for that, they knew that it was really for me, and they. I told them it was the cat's birthday tomorrow, and they gave me some little extra treats and said happy birthday. <laughs> Do you? You ate them. Is that what you're saying? Because you're a cat. That's how you're considering yourself a cat. At this point. Well, I'm glad that happened. What's the fan? Before this gets worse, what's the fan top? Fan top of the cob. I am the one from the San Diego show that wore the, quote, here for the comedy concert shirt. And I had a brief pause getting ready oh. for the show thinking you might not know what I'm talking about, but you did. And it made you and Hunter laugh, which will now be one of my proudest moments. Jessica from San Diego. Uh, it was very funny. She wore a shirt that says I'm here for the comedy concert, which we all know is a reference from the... Uh, revived, warmed over Sex in the City and Just Like That, where despite having actual comedians on their writing staff, they approved calling a comedy show a comedy concert and it shook the foundation of American comedy. If Sarah Ramirez doesn't... Her acting is very good. It's not her fault they wrote her weird line. It is. Speaking of the foundation of American comedy, I am going to be at the TD Garden in Boston Friday the 13th. That's psycho. Wrong movie. But tell your friends, make a trip. If you live in the surrounding New England area, it's going to be a night to remember. And then, of course, for those of you further up in New England, in Maine and Vermont, I will be there on Saturday and Sunday night. But come on down to that TD Garden show. Dunkin' Donuts is helping us out with it. It's going to be wonderful. Lots of fun surprises. And we'll be there. And if you can't make it there, you can see me in Las Vegas the following week. Or I guess the next next week. Tickets at Eliza.com slash tour. Uh, and remember, remember, it's not just the vet visits we look forward to. It's also getting rid of the worms. Having wet lettuce. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. 